the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So in the last 24 hours, my YouTube channel has been taken down once again, strike two. And the internet, to my studio Xanadu, has been attacked or broke or who knows what the hell happened. Probably some Democrat. Well, there's not a lot of Democrats in Southwest Florida. Drove into a poll, drunk from lunch. Most hosts would say, no, 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 no. Just run the best up. But I said, how appropriate. Number one, this is how I started my career on the phone. And I am very comfortable doing a show on the phone. Number two, what are the standards of America? You got an 80-year-old with dementia and wet trousers pretending to be president destroying the country. And he went before the pharaohs in America, the Supreme Court justices. And the mandate was struck down. And I wonder how many people think this is a victory rather than recognize the loss of having a dimwit in diapers and dementia patient really commit an act of fascism so atrocious that it had to be taken to the Supreme Court as a president of the United States. But we have a Democrat Marxist mafia we pretend is a political party here in America. So when it came time to make a decision, should I do the show on the phone or run a bus up? I said, let's do it on the phone because it's more important to be current and accurate and discuss the atrocities of the day than wing it with a best of. We may have to do a best of sometime later in the show, but I wanted to cover what I think is the truest atrocity, and that is the fact that it is now normal to have mandates, dictates, and fascistic actions of the American president taken to the Supreme Court. In there lies the flaw. The fact that we are at this point when an American president believes himself to be a god in America and thinks he has the authority to mandate anything rather than represent the people in that country. We are so unmoored from the principles in this country that we think we won. We didn't win anything. Because you got five of these pharaohs to pick your side versus four that would gladly endorse the fascism is a loss if you have a standard of freedom, if you have a standard of liberty. And it's a loss for many of those people. Like a listener that called me today, and I'm not going to say his name. I didn't know him. He was just a listener who got my contact information, and he was a father of three. I don't want to get specific. And he lost his job this morning. The same day the Supreme Court came down with this ruling, and the reason he lost his job was the vaccine. 
the reason he lost his job. And I'm wondering how many millions of other Americans lost their job for the same reason, because companies didn't want to deal with it, companies bent knee. And I'm also thinking about the tens of millions of Americans that put this in their arm because they couldn't afford to stand on principle. They couldn't afford to take the risk. And you realize that's the only way we're in this place, is through coercion, through fiat, dictate, and an act of atrocity by an American government that should never be here. We should not be in this place where we are praying and hoping that corrupt lawyers save us. It's really a bigger problem that we have than pretending to win when no kidding, no kidding, it's unconstitutional. I really needed these justices to tell me it's unconstitutional. A president, a Congress birthing person, a senator, and any municipal political whore doesn't have the right to tell me what to do in my company ever. Now, you want to create your ticky-tack licensing laws and extort me for doing business? You want to make me buy licenses? Fine. But I run my business the way I want to, not the way you want to. After all, none of these idiots have ever run or done anything except use the political power as a mafia member to shake down people, intimidate people, and extort people. The idea that we are in this position with this old dimwit, this despicable, despicable human being in charge of anything makes me sick. And also laugh, because when you see President Biden walk to the mic, it's like a Benny Hill. It's like they're redoing Benny Hill. Um, listen, Bunny, give me Biden mic, please. First of all, don't ask questions about complicated subjects like, can you get this done? I hope we can get this done. The honest to God answer is, I don't know whether we can get this done. Is this my con? I guess, anyway. That's my favorite part. That's after he took the presidential limousine over to the hell of halls of Congress to beg the Democrat fascist lowlifes to destroy the principles of our government and ram through really what is, in essence, legitimized voter fraud in their ballot harvesting, in their ballot box stuffing, because what he understands, what the Democrats in general understand, is that the vast majority of Americans are sick and tired of the fascistic, feeble fraud and his cohorts destroying our country, because what they also understand is we are living in a time that is truly a time of failure, truly a time of maximum cost to the citizen, truly a time of feudalism. And that's what the Biden administration represents, feudalism. Do me a favor, Bunny. Give me uh, 4M jobs, please. Top clip. Well, it's possible, especially if you're talking about real wages, which are negative if you look at these CPI numbers. What I'm concerned about is that, yes, we've seen wage increases, but we've seen wage increases driven by labor shortages. The economy, and this is an important point, hasn't added one single job from the 2019 high watermark. Not one. 
All the jobs that we have seen gained are recovered jobs that were lost. We are not yet producing new jobs. In fact, we're still about nearly 4 million jobs short. So these wage gains are coming on top of a shrinking workforce, and it's not being fueled by productivity enhancements. What's driving inflation right now is the input shortages and the labor shortages and not productivity. So I think that wages are going to be a false metric. It's not driving inflation. Uh, and wages are trying to keep up with an economy that is now um, feeling the effects of all kinds of different shortages from different angles. Finally, the truth. Finally, the truth. Not one job. All this hoopla of how successful this dimwit in diapers is. Not one job prior to the government takeover of the economy and the American way of life. In fact, you're over 4 million light. And what you have now are people quitting to go on government cheese because that's your alternative. When a dimwit, when a corrupt Democrat scumbag is in charge of anything. It's certainly not to grow. It's certainly not to thrive. That's not what you do when a dem- Democrat is in office. You survive. And it gets harder and harder and harder because all they know how to do is fail and lose and corrupt. They cannot achieve anything, anywhere. It is a true joke, even when you ask Pelosi. Give me uh, Pelosi, Bunny. And do you think that the president may have gone a little bit too far in trying to sell this particular bill to the American people and trying to get votes to try and get this passed by, by bringing the other buster? No, I stand with the president. I think that I, I thought his speech was... Wonderful. And I stand with him in the fight for voting rights. Uh, I, no criticism of Mr. Durbin. He has to do what he has to do and vis-a-vis his own members and the rest. The only criticism I would make, too, I wouldn't say they're criticisms, but observations. Nobody knows who Bull Connor is. You know, if we're making the case to say we're the Democrat, you dimwit. Martin Luther King or Bull Connor. Who's that? Dimwit Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King or the people. Martin Luther King and John Lewis or the people who unleashed the fierce dogs on them. That's who Bull Connor is. Strom Thurmond. None of us have a lot of happy memories about Strom Thurmond. So, again, since you asked uh, my critique of the president's speech, uh, I, I thought it was fabulous. I come out, congratulate him for it. It was well-received, even among those who had had some apprehension of, of uh, what's going to happen with this, all of this next. So I thank him for it, and I stand with the president in the fight for voting rights. Thank you. Because it's party first. It's loyalty to the Marxist mafia. This ping-pong ball dimwit understands exactly the kind of failure. She doesn't care. She's worth half a billion dollars from insider trading and political prostitution. She could care less about the food deserts in her so-called constituency and the rest of the country that these Democrat failures perpetrate over and over and over again. The only thing they're really good at is building ghettos and imprisoning people who are still stupid enough to vote Democrat. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. I just to say I love you. So I know that the connection is a little rough. 
We're doing the show on the phone. The internet went down. The YouTube was taken down. And we're going to get through it. If you care to participate in the show, I can still hear you. I can still take your calls. And what's more important, I can still put up the fight against this feeble fascist and the Marxist mafia, which is really what's most important, not the sound quality on your HD radio per se, although very important. And we are efforting to get it back, as you cannot imagine, the phone calls and the tone I have been yelling at the evil Comcast people. But I better be careful before they can, maybe they're the ones that actually took it down. But the reality is they have to do that. They have to silence the opposition to their obvious corruption, their obvious failure, and their obvious feudalism, their feudalnomics. They have to lie about the job numbers. See, what I wasn't able to tell you is that that clip that I played where the woman correctly identified the problem as we're not plus one job before the pandemic. Not one has been created. We're meandering around mediocrity, pretending to be successful, which is what a Democrat is. That's their whole platform. Meander around mediocrity and pretend to be successful. That's all they know how to do. They can't have people point out obvious failures. More people sick today than a year ago prior to the vaccine experiment. More. More sick. More spreading. More chaos. More failure. And most of all, more economic hopelessness for the people who depend on government, ironically enough, the most. Bunny, hit shelves, please. Bottom. New federal data show consumer prices soared over the last year. Gas prices are up nearly 50%. Used car prices jumped 37%. And prices of all types of groceries also went up. Shoppers are also finding empty shelves at stores, which is reminiscent of the early days of the pandemic. Scott McFarland has the story. Up and down the aisles of this Whole Foods outside San Francisco. A lot of produce was just out. Like, the green onions gone. Like, <laughs> the apples that I was looking for weren't there. To this shop right in New Jersey. Some of the water was missing last time. Some of the cereals were missing. Shoppers across the country are being met with empty shelves. This is actually the third store I've been to tonight trying to find some pasta. And sticker shock. Prices are off the charts. Off the charts for a middle-class family to eat. Last month, it was $5, half a gallon orange juice. This month, $10 for a half a gallon, but only one type. A new report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics found the price of ground beef jumped 13% over the last year. Fresh fruits nearly 8%, eggs 11%. In addition to the sticker shock, shoppers across the country are complaining of supply chain shortages, sharing images on social media of empty shelves at grocery stores. Experts say the shortage is a perfect storm. Severe winter weather mixed with supply chain issues and a rise in COVID cases keeping workers out sick amid ongoing staffing shortages. The nation's truckers tell CBS News they're operating with 80,000 fewer drivers than needed. That's what it looks like under a Democrat. You Don't be surprised. This is just the beginning. We're just getting warmed up with this dimwit. Give me uh, Candace, line one. Hi, Candace. How are you? Thanks for calling in. Bunny, are you there? All right. We're having phone difficulties on top of it. 
Hello? Hello? I can now. How are you? Go ahead. Sorry. Hi. Sorry about that. Okay. The American Heart Association, those whores, are fundraising on the backs of children and saying they're running campaigns in all the schools for raising money for heart disease because all of a sudden, how can that be? We have heart disease among kids. It's called myocarditis. They're killing the kids with a freaking vaccine, and all of a sudden they're trying to normalize like people, like kids have uh, a heart attack. No, they don't. It is disgusting. The new norm. It's the new normal. I was with um, parents had better wake with... the hell up. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much, Candace. You know, it's something. I was um, I was with some parents uh, today, and their kids are being forced. The kids are teenagers. And they're being forced. Exactly. Bonnie, you could uh, hang up. And the kids are being forced to make the choice. Either continue on in college or take the vaccine. They're being, some kids are getting their first job. If you want to work at this prestigious bank, you have to take the vaccine. If you want to go to work at this insurance company, you have to take the vaccine. Even in the face of the Supreme Court saying you can't mandate it, it's unconstitutional, it doesn't matter, because these corporatist organizations want to continue to, ha- to buy favoritism with the corrupt Marxist mafia represented by the Democrat scourge. So they'll Im- implement their fascism voluntarily in hopes to get some more of that free cheese, because they're going to need it. Because in this economy and with this inflation, you're t- hearing inflation, You're not hearing about the producer price inflation. The producer price index, which are the people who actually manufacture things, who actually make things. Because the consumer inflation is up 7%, but the producer inflation is up 9%. Which means the chickens will come home to roost in the future again. So the 7% that you see is nothing. And while that is going on, is the administration concerned with that? No, not at all. They're concerned with legitimizing the lie of a vaccine. Lie. You don't have one. That's why more people are sick and more people are dying. Sorry, it's just a fact. Even though they're trying to cover up for the feeble fascist. They'd rather have people buy into the lie than look at the reality of things. The reality of things is unmitigated, absolute and total failure. And when you're asked, what are we talking about? And is, is the administration going to help the people, help the citizen? You know what you get? You get the feeble fascists. Give me Biden what, will you, Bunny? Now, I don't like to, uh, uh, you know, uh, outline the next steps we're taking against uh, I'd I like to outline the next steps we're taking against over on the, uh, the Omicron variant. There he is in all his glory. You want me to believe that 81 million Morphodites voted for this dummy, huh? Well, if they did, you're going to get what you deserve. But I don't think you did. I think you cheated. I think you stole. And I know you lie. 312-642-5600. I can still take your calls when I get back. Today, COVID cases in America, 860,114. One year ago, prior 
to the vaccine, 229,977. Now, you're going to tell me that we should be listening to these buffoons? I think it's outrageous. I want to tell you something also. I appreciate so many of you sticking with me. My, line, my phone lines are lit up. In fact, I think I just have one available, 312-642-5600. Um, Bunny, you make the choice. Let's go to uh, the phone line. How are you? Thank you for calling. Bonnie's hitting all kinds of buttons. She's not used to this kind of pressure. Me, I love the pressure. I'm assuming this is Dave. Dave. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, Sean. Sean, listen, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Candace, great caller. Uh, she, she reminded me of something that I talked to my wife about just recently. I ain't been watching TV. I watched TV for about, I don't know, two, three days, saw the news. I saw commercials for... Deep vein thrombosis. If your knee hurts, you may have deep vein thrombosis. Where the hell did that come from and who sponsored it? It was Pfizer. And there's another one, oh. tachycardia. Yeah. Tachycardia is something that uh, typically people are born with. When the hell did that become something? These TV lawyers are going to have a field day the next few years. Yeah, and that's the beauty. When you're, when you're harmed from the vaccine that has no disclosures, that has no warning label, that has no list of side effects. They're going to sell you the cure. I mean, it's great. At least the old-fashioned snake oil salesman didn't hit you three and four and five times downfield. They only got you the one time with the snake oil. This is going to be a gift that keeps on giving for a decade, for, for a millennium. Thank you so much, Dave, for the call. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Sean. I'm glad you're on the air. Thank you. Let's go to Robert. Sean, you sound good on the radio. I'm on the phone, Robert. We're doing the best we can, but I'm under assault from all kinds of enemies of freedom. I'll tell you one thing, though. This Biden stuff is really getting to me. Blame this and blame that. The question I want to ask you is now that we know that the Supreme Court ruled that the Biden cannot enforce his vaccine mandate, can these people, like United Airlines, sue to get their jobs back? or at least get some compensation for being fired unjustly. What do you think? Robert, I thought that the, the, um, the workers of America should have been suing the employers that coerced them into getting this experiment, this failed experiment, from yeah. the beginning. I'm hoping that there's enough slip-and-fall lawyers out there that uh, stand on principle that want to sue these companies. And now you have the Supreme Court that sides with the notion that you cannot be forced into this, which is, you know, no kidding. Everybody's yeah. going to cheer this. Oh, wait. well, no no kidding. I needed you to tell me this. I know you can't do this to me. So yeah. I'm hoping that lawyers out there will sue. I'm also very aware, aware that the Chamber of Commerce and the lobbies and the corrupt corporatism we keep pretending is capitalism has a lot of political power, brother. And they have a lot of judges in their pocket like chicklets, the way Don Corleone had. So, you know, do you, do you really turn to a corrupt system in hopes to get some, uh, uh, some relief from abuse of the government? You're turning to the government for relief. I have a hard time thinking it's going to be it's going to win. But I think that you're, you're absolutely right. People should. Robert, thank you so much. for the Yeah, call. take care, Sean. Bye. I truly appreciate it. Buddy, give me Troy. I love that name. Troy, thanks for calling the show. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful, Troy. How are you? John, can you hear me? Oh, good. Hey, uh, yes. great show. Hey, thanks for all the emotion that you put into your show. It's time. Certainly call for it. You get me fired up. 
I love it. Oh, I appreciate it. Troy, it was easy today. When I got to the studio, I had all, everything all lined up, and I couldn't log on. So getting emotional today was very easy. So I cheated a little bit. Thank you, though. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'd like to implore you and your audience, this latest variant, the Omicron, we need to start calling it the One More Con, because that's what yeah, it like is, it. One More Con. You know, and when we start right. getting these tests in the mail, Sean, and, and people start testing and testing and the media gets a hold of that, what do you think is going to happen? It's just one more yeah. time they're going to blow it up. And I, I'm just sick of it. I'm, I appreciate you being there for me when I'm driving home from work, buddy. Thank you, Troy. It means a lot to me. It really does. Thank you. I appreciate the call. And, you know, as I was listening to the fact uh, they ordered 500 million tests, the test, it's already on the downslope. We've already had to be told by hospitals, if you weren't dying, to go home and grin and bear it, as they wouldn't even tell you to take Theraflu, let alone some alternative that one of these corrupt big pharma lobbying bastards didn't uh, sell you through extortion. They gave you nothing. He told you to go home. So now it's on the downslope. Now what? Now they order 500 million tests, the tests of which have very, very suspicious results. That's why you're in this pickle. False positives, false negatives, just false incompetence. But yet, only a handful of companies provide those tests. And now they just sold $500 million. We don't even know what the cost is. We do know, though, that our own Necklace Pritzker has stock in Abbott, which is one of the main providers. I keep thinking to myself, boy, oh, boy, what a great little system that must be. Because no matter what happens with the count of Omicron, for the next six months, you're going to keep buying tests, which means the stock is going to continue to rally. The fix is in, and you ain't in it. But you're definitely going to pay for it. And when you hear it, you have to wonder, what does Biden say? You know, now that he's fully out of the closet with dementia, everybody knows it, and everybody pretends that he's not, I think that the Republicans and Democrats with an understanding of right and wrong should demand for his removal from office. I don't know how stupid someone has to be before you yank him out of the most powerful office in the country. But I wanted to... Uh, Give you a little taste of what I meant. Give me, Bunny, if you don't mind, Biden Vax clip. I know we're all frustrated as we enter this new year. Omicron variant is causing millions of cases and record hospitalizations. I've been uh, I've been saying that as we remain in this pandemic. Uh, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I mean by this right now, both vaccinated and unvaccinated people are testing positive. But what happens after that could not be more different. If vaccinated people test positive, they're overwhelmingly have either no symptoms at all or they have mild symptoms. And if they're Money, if you unvaccinated. If it's the same for the unvaccinated. It's the exact same. They want you to believe that you're going to die if you're not vaccinated. I'm here to tell you we're going to die anyway. Nobody gets out alive. The numbers that are really dangerous are those people who work out with Pritzker, as 80% of the deaths are obesity. Now, there are still 20% that isn't. But we're frail human beings. The, the other thing is, you're discounting the people like me and like 90% of my friends who have had it once and possibly twice. And yet here we are, just like the vaccinated. In fact, you could say we're a little better. We don't have that spike experiment protein running through our body, making us super spreaders, like the so-called vaccinated. 
Go ahead, Bunny. I know we're all frustrated as we enter this new year. Omicron variant is causing millions of cases and record hospitalizations. I've been uh, I've been saying that as we remain in this pandemic. Uh, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I mean by this right now, both vaccinated and unvaccinated people are testing positive. But what happens after that could not be more different. If vaccinated people test positive, they're overwhelmingly have either no symptoms at all or they have mild symptoms. And if they're if you're unvaccinated, stop them there, buddy. So do the unvaccinated, you stupid old man with wet socks. Just making this gaga up. And it's based in nothing. Now they're going to do the 17% chance of not being hospitalized. Prove it. Show me the data. You could even show it to me before you show me Fauci's emails and how much he invested in this pandemic. Let's go to the lines. Give me Mitt. Hello. Hi, Mitt. Hey, Sean. Great to talk to you. Talked to you once before in the car. I happen to be at home. Get a chance to listen. I listen every day, every night. I love it, man. Thank you. Up and uh, bringing her back home. She's a uh, clinical laboratory scientist who uh, specializes in molecular. She runs the PCR. She does all these kinds of tests that we're all talking about. And it is 50-50 for most of these things. They are not double-checking the negatives or the positive to see if they're false negatives or false positives. So we know the numbers are cooked for all the uh, so-called cases, because that's all they're interested in. Now, what I was wanting to talk to you about is that in your opening, you mentioned American values or principles. You also mentioned that uh, we're having to deal with a a Supreme Court situation. So I want to kind of tie this together and connect the dots and simply point out that American values come from the Declaration of Independence, which you also have in your uh, bumper opening. Uh, you're, you're, you carry, you have a Declaration of Independence yeah. in your pocket. All right. Yep. There are seven self-evident truths in the Declaration of Independence. And they are the principles and the values that this country was founded on. And they came from natural law. Now, it's easy to find these things. We've, we, I mean, we've heard this our whole lives, and people forget. They just, they don't, you know, they utter them back and forth, and they don't really understand it. But the bottom line is, when you get to what are these seven self-evident truths, it's easy to find. Because it simply says, you know, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And- that, that, the first that is that all men are created equal. There are seven that's and in that Mitt, second paragraph. Mitt, the most important thing is that the Declaration of Independence simply surmises the Enlightenment. When man yes, could absolutely. reason, absolutely. when man was taught to think not to be a slave. That's why this that's country right. is the richest. It was the Enlightenment. The youngest, it was the their richest. belief in nature's God and nature's law that they understood from the Enlightenment that the divine right of kings did not exist. And therefore, they had the right to ascend, as they said in the first paragraph, to the equal station to which the laws of nature and nature God, nature's God entitles them. This is what we have forgotten, is where we came from. 
I went. I got to go on break. I appreciate it, and I couldn't agree more. Number one, thank you very much. They left something out. They made a they made a crucial mistake. They forgot to warn people that there will be people among you that choose slavery over freedom because they like the false sense of comfort, even in the face of sickness, death, failure, and fraud. We call those people Democrats. Three one two six four two. 5600. I'll be back after this. My thing. I'll tell you, I love doing this show. Love it. I love that I'm doing it from my phone. Love it. And I love the people call. Absolutely love it. Let's go to Cindy, Bunny. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for calling. Oh, my gosh. Sean, I got gray hair waiting for you. Holy cow. It's been I'm so sorry, long. doll. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> No, I know you're so popular. So a few things. One, I work in a school. Two, I'm not the kind of educator you describe when you go off on educators. Um, I'd say there's there's 27% of you. Well, yeah, and I'm in there. But I I had to have a test before I went back to school January 3rd. Um to get in to get in the building to work and so I went on Sunday so we kind of got a late email to get it done and um, I found a pop-up place they did the quick test and the rapid and it came back negative and the PCR they said well you know it's going to be a few days and I said okay just email me the results I got them today okay that's crazy <laughs> I could have been Come on, the government, six months in the government. You know what that's called? Right. On time. Yeah, that's how they work, right. baby. Exactly. I love it. So there's, so there's love- that. That's crazy. All these test kits that are getting mailed out, you're going to see them for sale on Facebook Marketplace to uh, for sale to white people that aren't going to get them because others are going to get them first. And then here's another thing I'm thinking about. Has anybody taken any of these vaccines? before they're injected, and had them tested in a lab to see what is in them and what are being in, injected into people's arms. Um, and if they have, they will be investigated by the Department of Justice as domestic terrorists. So I'm not quite sure people well, should jump on that list. But here's the thing. What is, are we, I mean, maybe the first shot was bad, doesn't work. Second shot that they called, you know, the follow-up, and that's so much. Oh, wait, the third one, the booster is pretty good. That's going to do the trick. And the fourth one, just wait. And with the fifth one, you're going to get a free set of steak knives. So just Yes. Wait. Cindy, I played just the clip wait. yesterday. We're running out of time. I played the clip yesterday of them asking Bill Gates and, sh- and showing him that 80% of people had serious uh, uh, side effects, whether it be fever, nausea, in some cases, Bell's palsy, and I, and he just said, I don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. It's amazing how dispensable and disposable people are in this great world of collectivism. And that's what you get to teach your kids. And I love the fact that I know at least a small percentage of teachers are telling their kids what it means to be an American. That makes me very optimistic. So thank you very much, Cindy, for calling. I truly appreciate it. Uh, I want to go to some of the lines, Bunny. You pick one because I know we're running out of time. Give me somebody. Thank you for calling my show. I appreciate it. Hello? Hello? Hi, are you there? Hi. Yeah, I am. Hey, Sean. Um, Sean, I've had this recurring nightmare 
And unfortunately, watching what's going on, it's starting to come through. The fact that they dug Hillary out of the crypt and cleaned her up. My nightmare is, oh. is that the Dems for terrorists to resign and replace her with Hillary. Then they 25th Amendment Biden. Yeah. yeah. Moving Hillary up to president and selecting either Stacey Abrams or Michelle as vice president. The most frightening thing one. is, is no matter what they do would be better than this debacle that was obviously <laughs> planned to destroy the country. No matter how bad it is, it's better, number one. And number two, that's not as bad as it could be. You could be Mrs. Yeah, Pritzker. Yeah, then they'd get reelected. you're being swallowed up. Look what they did. Yeah, but you could be Mrs. Pritzker and imagine every night you're being swallowed up by a beanbag. That's worse. I'll take Hillary. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Another challenge of fascism was brought to the Supreme Court. It appears we won. There's also a couple of paragraphs in there that concern me. I wanted to discuss it, so I was lucky enough to be able to get Sarah Partial Perry. She's a legal fellow for the Edwin Mises III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Let's bring her on to discuss, did we win, or is there something to be concerned with with the new Supreme Court justice ruling? Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So we're having some technical difficulties. If I sound like I'm on a phone, it's because I am. But this is an important day, and I wanted to discuss this particular, what seems like a win, but as I was reading it, it also seems like a bit of a loss to me. Do you think I'm right, or am I being a little too suspicious? Well, I had suspected from the start that the Supreme Court was going to sort of divide the two cases, that they were going to split the difference between the OSHA vaccine mandate, which was going to affect about 84 million workers, and the CMS, the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, that health care facility mandate. My thinking, based on what I heard in oral arguments a little less than a week ago, was that the justices believed that HHS was the proper agency, the proper executive outlet for issuing regulations related to health and safety. And so most of the justices, and again, I believed that Justice Roberts was probably going to vote with the liberals on the HHS case, which he did. Justice Kavanaugh, for me, was a wild card. And as it turned out, he voted with Justice Roberts and the three liberals. But they found a nexus between health care facilities, the health of those who are immunocompromised or elderly who have a higher risk of COVID contraction than other individuals. And they found that to be a proper use of its agency authority under the Medicare and Medicaid Act. Now, I think it's a bit of a stretch. And I hate the fact that I know about 17 million healthcare workers who were just lauded as being heroes on the front line are now finding themselves faced with the untenable choice 
of being vaccinated against their will or maintaining their livelihoods. And so that is the outcome today I am most discouraged by. But as I suspected, based on the lines of questions that we heard from the justices, it was a 6-3 victory in the OSHA employer mandate case, and that would have affected about 84 million people. So in that, there was definitely some good news. You know, as life goes on, and I, I, I grew up thinking that socialism and that fascism could never happen in America. After all, it was unconstitutional. Yet here we are in the year 2021, that I am hard-pressed to see what policy by our government is not fascistic is not totalitarian, is not steeped in collectivism, and is not a complete contradiction of unalienable rights of the citizen. And when you realize, as you listen to the questioning, which I did, and you look at these flawed pharaohs, they're really not Supreme Court justices to me. To me, they're pharaohs. And my life really is in their hands. And sometimes they rule with me, and sometimes they rule against me. But as you saw, Justice Sotomayor make an ass of herself. And as you see Elena Kagan who is strictly and completely political. And then you realize, we keep calling them liberals, but they're really anything but. They're complete fascists. Should we be optimistic with the future challenges of the policies of what I believe is the Marxist mafia disguising themselves as Democrats? You know, I will say this. I think there is so much federal governmental overreach right now. And this administration has made clear that if it can find a federal hook, in other words, some language somewhere in some bill passed by Congress at some point, it will utilize that to try to extend its impermissible land grab. I give you the CDC's eviction moratorium. Nowhere in the code that organizes the CDC does it permit the government to utilize that law to be able to suspend legally uh, terminable relationships with landlord tenants and the payment of rent. So we've already seen the Supreme Court strike down the CDC eviction moratorium in the Alabama Realtors case. Now we're seeing the OSHA case struck down. We knew we would never get the liberal block on this, particularly because Kagan, Sotomayor, and Justice Breyer were all ultimately concerned with facts. In fact, oral arguments revealed sort of some hysterical fear-mongering. And in more than one case, they were factually incorrect. Sotomayor said that there were 100,000 children on ventilators across the country yeah. in hospitals. The actual number is a little over 3,000, as verified by the CDC. She also patently misunderstood the way the Tenth Amendment operates and believes that there is a federal police power when, in fact, as Justice Thomas made clear in his dissent in the CMS case, there most certainly is not. You have upended in her argumentation the state federal relationship. And as Justice Thomas and those who joined him in dissent in the CMS case made very clear, listen, vaccines, a vaccine mandate belongs to the states unless Congress legislates otherwise, and it absolutely did not. So that is why we are certainly discouraged by the CMS case. When you see the Department of Justice create a division, a new division, of domestic terrorist Stasi. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. I mean, how, how does the Department of Justice have the authority to create a new agency and circumvent our FBI, our Department of Homeland Security, 
and have in itself a new agency that can investigate people who they deem to be a threat to the nation, and we now know that it is headed up by a Democrat apparatchik from Chicago, Merrick Garland, who, thank God, was not on the Supreme Court justice. However, he can do more damage as the head of a bureaucracy that has in its arsenal the Patriot Act and all of the other atrocities into the individual privacy rights. Should this not be something else that is maybe brought before the Supreme Court and challenged by the opposition to collectivism and to fascism and the Fourth Reich in general? There are not going to be an end to these types of challenges, I believe, during the pendency of this administration. This will not be the first time the Biden administration is sued and will have to answer for its unlawful land grab. And as you and I both know, now documents resulting from a FOIA filed by uh, Parents Defending Education has revealed that Miguel Cardona, the Secretary of Education, is the one who solicited a letter from the National Association of School Boards calling parents domestic terrorists because they were standing up against critical race theory and gender ideology. And in addition to that, what we've recently learned is those employees who work for the federal government, and as you know, the federal government is the largest employer in the country, are now, if they exercise their right to object to a mandatory vaccine on the basis of their sincerely held religious beliefs, their names, their identifying information, social security numbers, and sometimes even physical identifying characteristics are being entered into a federal database. We recently wrote a piece that took off. It was something that we thought was simply a one-off when we went back through the federal register we realized it wasn't just one agency that was collecting the data. We are now up to 18 federal agencies collecting data on those individuals seeking a religious exemption, and every database is communicating with one another. So we're actually encouraging some of the public interest law firms that we work with to file FOIAs to see whether or not this memo came from the White House to determine whether or not a blacklist was appropriate for religious Americans who didn't want the vaccine. It's really terrifying. Sarah, as somebody who loves the principle of law as a shield, as somebody who understands the concept and the difference of a, of a country steeping itself in a law that protects the individual from politicized atrocity, and you see the differences. We're, we're, what, almost two years into the experiment of totalitarian corrupt states shutting down, placing the people under house arrest, enforcing abuses of, of the unalienable rights of the citizens that are almost unimaginable in this country. And then you see other states that took the opposite approach. And you are in the, in the, in the reality that the states that abided by the American individuality and the principle of law of the individual are thriving and they're doing much better on every aspect. Why is it you think so many of the occupants and the prisoners of the totalitarian states are reluctant to bring challenges and just waiting breathlessly, hoping there are no more further abuses? Don't you think there is a precedent now, a year and a half in, you have states like Florida, states like Tennessee, states like Texas, states like South Dakota, versus states like Illinois, New York, and New Jersey? Shouldn't those good people trapped in those bad states have, a, have an action of law based on the, on the, on the actions of other states that, that stoked American principles? 
You know, all of it depends on whether or not you can find the appropriate factual predicate for something like that. And the states generally, in matters like this, the health, safety, and welfare of their citizenry, have a greater degree of flexibility and power than the federal government has. And so to that end, federalism is working the way federalism should. But I think what we're going to see, and in fact, in some parts of the country we already have, we are going to see a mass reshuffling. People are going to get tired of living in New York or California or Vermont, where mass mandates are required for every facility, regardless of vaccination status, where, for example, Muriel Bowser in D.C. has just instituted a statewide vaccine passport mandate where you cannot pick up dry cleaning, get your nails done, or eat in a restaurant without proof of vaccination. That is truly totalitarianism. But I think what we're going to see is a demographic reshuffling to states that are not only freer with a better understanding of federalist principles and constitutional liberty that understand things like the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment that protects bodily autonomy, their economies are booming simply because they are seeing an influx of business and new citizens who are tired of being dictated to. At a certain point, the pandemic will cease to be a justification for emergency regulation. Gorsuch himself said that in a dissent in one of the vaccine cases that the Supreme Court did not take up. But he was very clear to point out this will have an end. And after a certain point, people will wake up and realize this pandemic cannot go on forever, nor can the regulations that support it. Sarah, this show is broadcast. I want to ask you one more question, and I so appreciate your time. I really do, Sarah. Um, Thanks. When you, you're, we're broadcasting in, in Chicago, Illinois. We have Attorney General in Cook County. Her name is Kim Fox. She has decided to... I know her well. She was a Soros candidate, if I remember. That's correct. And she has done what all of the, the Soros candidates have done. Give protection to predators and victimize victims. You now have a suspension of American law. Murder, carjackings, robbery, rape, parabolic in numbers, unimaginable. People to leave their house. Do the citizens of these states, of these corrupt cities, do they have any recourse aside from moving? Can they, in essence, demand that the federal government enforce the laws of the land which are designed to put away the predators and protect the victims? One of the things that has to be done, and you've rightly pointed this out, this whole notion of rogue prosecutors is taking off coast to coast. And nine times out of ten, these individuals who are running are tied financially to the operations of the Open Society and George Soros. And one of the reasons he wants to do this is because criminal justice reform, which is to say turning the criminal justice system on its head and releasing predators, failing to prosecute in evidence that is overwhelmingly supportive of criminal convictions. His opportunity in so doing fundamentally transforms the criminal justice system and takes away the power out of state and local government. Your citizens from Chicago, and I say this because I love Chicago. I grew up just outside Milwaukee. I still have family in the area. I feel very passionately about the area. Must elect people that they do their homework on. 
individuals like the Kim Foxes of the world or the Marilyn Mosby's who are here in Baltimore, closer to where I live, those individuals cannot make it onto the ticket. So the awareness that these individuals will not prosecute crimes, will do nothing about the safety of the citizenry within that area, those people need to vote with their feet. That's why elections are so important and why we continuously tell people that elections matter, that every vote is important. And we've done a series on rogue prosecutors at Heritage. You can go to heritage.org and search rogue prosecutors. We have an entire series on Soros-backed candidates who are failing to prosecute and who are making their states and their localities less safe for ordinary Americans like you and me. So I encourage your listeners to check it out. She is Sarah Parshall Perry. I want to thank you so much. I truly appreciate you joining me. She's a legal fellow for the Edwin Meese the third Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation, and she is truly a blessing to have on the side of freedom and liberty. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me tonight. We'll, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is a flawed system we have with the so-called Supreme Court justices, or as I call them, pharaohs. There's only one relationship in life that is to death. Only one, and that's marriage. And I certainly wouldn't marry Sotomayor or Fet Judge in a little robe, Elena Kagan. But yet we will have to deal with them through their life as they expose themselves to be Marxist apparatchiks that they are. It's obvious that a mandate from anybody, let alone a dementia patient with wet socks, is unconstitutional. Especially a mandate to put an experiment into your body. Now, if people choose to do that, then they choose to do that. If they choose to believe a liar, then, then do what you want. It's fine with me. You have the freedom to choose. I'm always amazed at those so-called people who claim themselves to be liberal and how willing they are to clearly act in a fascistic manner. It is a disgrace. This case is a disgrace. This dementia patient is a disgrace. The fact that in America in the year 2021, we've allowed the government to shut down our lives, take away our businesses, and insist we partake in a chemical being enforced into our bodies, let alone our children. The Supreme Court isn't going to bail us out of it. We have to bail ourselves out of it. Now, if you're on the line, stay there. When I get back, I'll take all of your calls. 312-642-5600. Brought to you by Verizon. It was a subsidiary of Comcast. who can't get their damn internet to work when you need it. However, the music is still on fire. Phone calls are still lit up. And Joe Biden still is suffering from dementia. I want to give you an idea of how embarrassing the last couple of days have been. First of all, yesterday, Joe Biden was walking in the garden, and he's doing that mental patient walk where he can't swing his arms and walk at the same time. He's got that stare where he's hopefully drunk, but that's not the case. He's demented. And then today... For 40 seconds, he took questions and gave nothing in return. Do me a favor, Bunny. 
play Biden stare, please. He's just staring. Me too. Stop it there, buddy. They're asking questions. He's just sitting there staring into oblivion. Compare that with what you saw. When Trump was attacked on a second-by-second basis, how he was able to answer the questions, to argue with the reporters. And you compare this to what we have. He should be removed by his collar and completely thrown out of office. Now, I understand that gives you Harris, but there is a silver lining to that. Not even Democrats like Harris. Play the Harris clip, Bunny. But we're two years into this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't the administration just go out and, and secure more at-home tests? After the Delta surge in the fall, why are we at a point now where folks still can't get tests? But we just ordered, a, 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 I don't have the number in front of me, but millions of tests. We have 20,000 sites where people can go, and I urge people to, you can Google it or go onto any search engine and find out where free testing and the free testing site is available. But Madam Vice President, the fact that we're still telling people to Google where you can get a test and... Well, should... but, but, oh, but come on now. I mean, really, if you if you want to figure out how to get across town to some restaurant you heard is great, you usually do Google to figure out where it is. So that's simply about giving people... Right, a mechanism by which they can locate something that they need, something that can help them. I got an idea. Why doesn't everybody Google Harris Mistress? And you could see with your own eyes how a 29-year-old, very ambitious office worker became a senator thanks to sweet Willie Brown. And you don't want to know why they call him sweet. It's despicable and disgraceful. No one likes her. You have to put liver behind her ears to get a dog to come up to her. Disgrace. Get her in there. It'll be the best thing the Republicans ever did. Even Mitch McConnell with that old lady face might win against her. Let's go to Krista. Hi, Krista. Thanks for calling the show. Thank you for, for taking my call. I have a question, and I also would like to ask, um, where I could call the CDC guidelines are expiring on Saturday, which means Uh that opens up all our waterways, which means we're open in New York and in L.A. and at the bottom of Mexico. Our our guidelines are compromised. Oh, don't don't worry. Nobody nobody knows they're there anyway, so I'm sure everything will be fine. But uh, I wouldn't worry about it because uh, Saturday's a long way away, and uh, they will double Who down on. Which is the CDC? Would you know? That? I believe it's Fauci. I believe it's uh, it's uh, Walensky. Walowski. Is that how you say it, Misty? The uh, the woman, the very political woman who likes to change the rules when certain corporatists pay her off. You know, like ten days to five days, and the rest of it. 
Her name is Walensky, and she's a she's a wonderful uh, uh, fascist. She's one of my favorites. She has a sweet voice, and she's not completely repulsive. Thank you very much, Krista, for the it's phone all, call. You know- I appreciate it. Let's go to Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Sean. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm going to make this really fast because my phone is dying, so I want to get my message out to you. Um, I have three questions I'd like you to talk about. Number one, is there any way, whether it's you, Dan, Croft, or somebody in the legal world, could look at the Illinois Constitution and let people know what Pritzker can be empowered to do through that? Because the fear is that he could actually turn around and start to put the COVID-19 restrictions in place here, knowing that he has already been uh, buying up PPEs, he has all sorts of connections, and is making money off of various... Um, of, that's uh, not unusual in Illinois, Karen. That's, 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 that's business as usual. I mean, the only difference right, right. is let's find out if there's any Republicans in on it. That would be a real shocker. Other than that, this is how the Democrats make money. They legislate profit to shill companies, often owned by cousins who have to have a cork on their fork at Thanksgiving. That's called the Chicago way. Sorry. What else? What, what else do you have? Um, also, uh, another thought is, will this decision by the Supreme Court help pave the way or create a doorway for neutering Fauci's power base? And my last question is, I'm concerned about the impact of the Supreme Court decision on the folks in the medical field. Because yeah, that you should be. Uh, from what I, from what I understand, it applies towards those particular businesses that take in or deal with Medicare and Medicaid personnel. Yes. You Anybody that's paid, not only a ton of people leaving, but these businesses like those out, say, in the middle of Nebraska, in the middle of nowhere, those those uh, hospitals that are struggling to stay in business, they are going to have to make a business decision where maybe they may not take. Some of those patients and those patients end up being left out in the cold and that's the that's what it looks like under totalitarian failure and feudalism and you know what you want to know here's the silver lining let the people see what it's like when you have government health care when you have government hospitals let them learn that they are slaves let the workers learn you are nothing more than a government employee, and you will do what you're told. This is what it's going to look like under government control. I think everybody should get a taste of it, because no one had respect for the liberty and freedoms they took for granted. So there's, a, there's the silver lining. Now, go ahead. That's why I love it. For the Chicago voting Democrat to live in the squalor he voted for for 100 years. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a justice they deserve. Thank you very much, Karen, for the phone call. Let's go to Ben. Thanks, so. Hi, Ben. Thanks for the call. Hi, pleasure to talk to you, Sean. I'm glad to uh, get through to you. I want to tell you something. Down here in Racine, you know what? They're even saying right now that they're they're having a blood shortage for people that have to go to the hospitals. You know, it's it's, it's really unbelievable. I can't believe it, like you said, about uh, telling these hospital workers that they got to take the shot. What are they going to do, Sean, if they don't take the shot? They're, if they're smart, you know I mean? they'll get together. If they're smart, here's the beauty, Ben. If they're smart, they'll get together with doctors who are already on a concierge path. Doctors who already recognize the destruction and mayhem Obamacare has caused and will continue to cause, and it's, it's been implemented for 12 years. So there's already a different alternative. Hopefully those health care workers will go into private health care. Because what happens under socialism is everything separates. 
and the poor will be relinquished to living on government sustenance. They'll go to the government hospitals. They'll get the substandard care. And the people who can pay for it will get the better care. That's what they wanted, after all. You've watched that yeah. as, as they've demanded for government-controlled life. Now let them taste it. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming. I studied communism and that and how that works, uh, Sean. You're absolutely right, 100%, Sean. Ben, I want to thank you so much for calling the show. I really do appreciate it. Don, if you're still on oh, the line, my- we're going to get to you. If you want to be on the line, 312-642-5600. Once again, thank you guys for calling. We'll be back after this. You know, I'm, I'm reading the news in between the break. It is astonishing, this point we are in America. Tier 3 starts this month of us dealing with this nonsense. Tier 3. Anxiety is through the roof, depression, suicide, hopelessness, job loss. And yet the Democrat mafia still continues to sell you that they are in control of something when the reality is they are in control of nothing. What I want you to focus on is that we win in the end. We win because even the corrupt, even the welfare recipient, will get tired of this kind of failure, that undeniable fraud that the American Democrat Party has been lying for decades, corrupted for a century, so much so they've put an unfit dementia patient as the head of the party. It's an embarrassment and a disgrace. We didn't even talk about the foreign policy and how wonderful it is to be an enemy of America to be an enemy of the dollar, to be an enemy of liberty. This is your year, scumbag, so soak it up, because it won't last forever. And by the time the Biden administration is done, even a low-life, roach Chicago Democrat will be embarrassed to admit he is. All right, let's go to Ben. Hi, Ben, thanks for calling the show. Oh, this is Ken. Is that, am I on oh, or no? Ken. I'm sorry, Ken. I meant Ken. I said Ben. You'll have to forgive me. I'm in the car. The Happy New Year, phone is hooked up. Thank, you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Um, the purpose of my call is simply to say um, we've been attacked with the bioweapons. So I, today I wrote an uh, email to Senator Durbin, and I'd like to ask other listeners to do the same. The United States government owes each citizen reparations for the damages that were caused by financing a bioweapon and using it against its own citizens while allowing illegal aliens to get free health care in California and in New York while we, the taxpayers, are, are paying for that. So we need to speak out. I've got four FOIA requests to the Federal Reserve on their insider trading for investigations to begin and the CDC and NIH. But what I want to know from you is... Does our Senator Durbin and do our congressmen have a fiduciary duty to represent us and to help us navigate the incredible bureaucracy that's out there? Because there are reparation funds for people who have been harmed by COVID, but the bureaucracy is sickening. I've tried to navigate it. What advice can you give or what help can you give? First of all, someone that I want to navigate D.C.? I want to tell you, I, 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 I'm 
am so impressed with what you're doing. The Freedom of, of Information Acts, are, are, the requests are wonderful. But you said something that does not apply to politicians. Fiduciary. A fiduciary yeah, is a very important thing. A fiduciary is only something you get with agency. It is only something you get with an honorable agent or, or, or somebody in a field who understands what a fiduciary is. A fiduciary is a requirement to act on behalf of your client in business, your constituent in politics, with the utmost hey, care, John? with integrity, John? honesty. Yeah. Um, I'm there. in an industry... I'm in an industry where they've regulated a fiduciary standard on us while they allow themselves the ability to do insider trading like Nancy Pelosi's husband, like Jerome Powell, like three presidents of the Federal Reserve. How can that possibly exist? And I thought our Constitution prevented having regulations and laws that apply to citizens that don't apply to those in government. We're allowing the most corrupt among us to be in charge of the authority to penalize themselves. Pickpockets don't cut their hands off. You know, Obama pretended to pass a law to get rid of insider trading. They celebrated it. He signed it as it was being neutered by the Congress, which is how Nancy Pelosi and so many others have amassed fortunes that hardworking, honest men can rarely obtain. So to ask the pickpocket to cut his hands off is something you can't do. But what you can, what you can do, is support those kind of politicians that want to reinforce the proper laws among all of us, including politicians. Now, how do you do that? You do that by throwing out these old hags. It should trouble you that we've got Congress birthing people that have been in office for 50 years. Yeah, Senators. The vote, is, the vote is rigged, completely rigged. It's not a fair election and never has been, but it's been exposed. So you, that makes that part kind of a moot point, doesn't it? And that's why I've racked my brain over thousands, thousands of hours, thousands of weekends. There's one answer. Go to states that want to be honest. No, intellectual. Intellectual secession and to take your earning and move your business. Now, the reparations thing you brought up, I find extremely interesting. And I'll tell you why. The reparations doesn't come from a fund because, as we know, as you and I know, they don't have any money. They're redistributing debt at this point, right? But the reparations could come in the relief of taxation. So you are only rewarding the producers that actually make the world go around instead of tapping into a welfare pool and pretending we're not on welfare. The way in which you incentivize anything is by alleviating taxation on the producers. And that, in there, lies the answer. So all of the business people that had their businesses taken away, guess what? You don't pay taxes for seven years. And the way you do it is to restrain government. We can't turn to government to ask it to get bigger and then expect it to change. We need to penalize it for abuse of its own power by stripping away the money in government. That, to me, is the answer. And the way you do that is strip away your, your money to Illinois by going to a state that loves you. I appreciate the call, Ken, more than you know. I appreciate all of you listening. When we get back, we're going to go to a best of, because we're having issues with my phone now. It's the NSA. It's somebody. They don't want the truth to be spoken. That's why we're attacked. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.